Hey, hey, it's Sandy Anas, and you're watching and or listening to another episode of Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family. Once again, we are off the heels of another Houston Cougars men's basketball game. Unfortunately, this is the first time all season that we're on the other end of a loss for the Houston Cougars. Number one ranked Houston entered the matchup 9-0. They are now 9-1 after facing a tough number eight Alabama team. They came in here ranked eighth in the country, and they looked at it. I think the most impressive thing about this game overall was just their mental toughness to be able to overcome that 15-point deficit, stick with it, and be able to make the late-game executions down the stretch. The final score was Alabama coming out victorious 71-65. to But joining me, as always, Dayon Dunlap, Chris Garner of the Houston Round Ball Review. How are you two doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's a lot to take away. I'm ready to dive into it. Follow you guys' lead. For sure. But first and foremost, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, starting with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars, Micro Collective, the entity behind those Star Pizza commercials. Star Pizza, another sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And also BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. If you're in need of a meal or maybe you just don't feel like cooking today, be sure to stop by one of the various BB's locations across the Houston area and be sure to follow them on social media at BB's Tex Orleans. That's at BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Without further ado, Chris, I'll toss it over to you first because you were also at the post-game press conference with head coach Kelvin Sampson, Jamal Shedd, and Marcus Sasser. So first and foremost, I'll start with you. What were your overall takeaways of Houston's loss and anything that might have stood out from the post-game uh, comments and reactions from uh, the head coach and the players? The Cougs were up 44-29, 17 half minutes left in the second half. They scored 21 points the rest of the game. Uh, missed shots, slowed down the pace, I think, uh, to their detriment. Instead of playing fast, um, that gave Alabama a chance as well. But the big key, Alabama just beat a lot of Cougars off the dribble on the perimeter and broke down Houston's defense, and that was a big problem. It was an eye-opener to a lot of folks who follow the Cougs and eye-opener to Coach Sampson and the staff. They got to make an adjustment on how to improve Defend the perimeter. And in a nutshell, Alabama's freshmen played better than Cougars' freshmen. I don't think Alabama's freshmen fouled a three point shooter twice. <clears throat> if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. He, he did it twice. Twice. That's six free throws right there. And that's something that head coach Kevin Sampson pointed out after the game. You know, those small things, it all adds up when it comes to the little things in regards to fouling late, missing free throws. And that's something that it'll be a teachable moment. Now, another thing that Sampson said is at the end of the day, you know, the season's not over 10 games in. They still have 20 plus more games to go. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. And they're going to have another challenge right off the bat, not too far in the distance. Just a week from today, they're going to have to travel up to Virginia and face what could arguably be the number one ranked team in the country at that point in the Virginia Cavaliers. But, Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. What were your takeaways, just overall thoughts, on Houston's first loss of the season? Um, I think my main takeaways was Houston's, uh, in today, inability to overcome their other team's mistakes. I think throughout this season, Houston, whether they shot the ball well or not, they've been able to lean on their defense, create turnovers, and, and therefore lean on, the, lean on the turnovers of the opposing team. Today, down the stretch, they weren't unable to do that. They, um, Alabama tightened up towards the second half. They had 12 turnovers in the first half, only three in the second half, so they cleaned up their play. 
which forced Houston to execute more in a half court set, and they were unable to do that. And for me, that was the difference. I mean, it's about stopping the opposing team and making shots. When you can, you don't have your best score going, then your second or third Tremont fouls out. Um, it's hard. It's really, it's really hard. And so. Uh, that was some of my takeaways because if, you, well, if you're making shots or you or if you aren't making shots, you rely on your defense or or both depends on the game. But tonight, um, well, today slash tonight, they weren't making shots. Some of the better players weren't making shots. And then down the stretch, they weren't getting some of those stops. You're muted. Uh, correct. Sorry for correcting that, but I was going to say, I want to get to a comment by TI7791. Who's watching the live stream on YouTube? He said, "Teachable moment, but man, the lack of boxing now consistently really haunted them." And that was something, even early on in the first <clears throat> in the first half, it was a it was a bit of an interesting game because Houston was trailing for most of the first half, but it, they were never too far behind Alabama. They made that run towards the end of the period, and they ended up um, they ended up going getting out victorious, not victorious, but they had the lead into halftime with a, a mini run to have a 31 to 27 lead in the first half to end the period and then in the second half they started out hitting shots Marcus Sasser hit his first jumper Jamal Shedd and Tremont Mark hit threes and then Marcus Sasser had the Euro step end one and it seemed like Houston had all the momentum they were able to build that 15 point lead and then again going back to Alabama's credit in regards to their their toughness especially their mental toughness because that's hard and something that one of our other watchers or listeners or viewers on the YouTube channel it was actually TI 7791 and Rex 32 said great home court advantage if nothing else the atmosphere was very strong the reason I point this out is because Alabama when they were down 15 this crowd, the entire arena had exploded. You should have seen, Dayon, you weren't here, but they had standing room only seats, and they were across the entire upper concourse of the lower board. They were filled. Like, they were, it looked like if you were at Minute Maid Park watching the Astros in the playoffs. Like, there was literally nowhere you could stand. It was packed. The place was rocking. And to be able to overcome that, come back that, combat that and also be able to be you know have the mental fortitude to execute down the stretch what i think it was interesting we're going to get to it in one of these clips by head coach calvin sampson where he really talked about how they kind of started they they changed they were no longer running sets they were spreading them out like chris had alluded to and they were beating them off the dribble which is something again going back to the theme of today's game it's kind of learning lessons it's something Houston's going to have to be better at because now that's going to be something that i'm sure going forward a lot of teams are going to try to exploit the Houston Cougars in that aspect. Agreed, but Coach also said, and to Bama's credit, there's not going to be too many teams Cougs play this season to beat them off the dribble like this, at, at almost at will. So very few teams can beat so many Houston defenders on the perimeter like Alabama did today. So that's it's a teachable moment. It's something, you know, Coach Sampson said, they learned a lot. They were exposed a lot, but they exposed Alabama as well. You know, as you touched on it, Alabama could not score on Houston's uh, set defense. They set offense. They could not score on Houston. But once Coach Oates made the adjustment of let's see if he can beat these guys off the dribble, and that worked, and they stuck with it. And, you know, we've said it. Coach Sampson said it in postgame. You find something that works, it's not rocket science. You stick with it until they stop it. Yeah, another thing that stood out to me was their depth. Their depth played out to be 
better – outplayed Houston's depth today. Um, their bench played better than Houston. And th- that 2017 was, bench point, my man. 2017. Yeah, that was a huge difference. A huge difference with um, the production off the bench. Um, Terrence didn't really, really give you much as far as offensively. But um, overall, I, I think I just look at the game and, and I watched it. And when Houston aren't able to get those stops, they need people to put the ball in the basket. And of course, Jamal Shea had probably the best game in his career. It was, he had a, a great game, but. You need that that closer. You need you need a Marcus or Shaman who was fouled out. Somebody other than that who could get the ball and put it in the basket. Because as you watch the game, they went to J1 quite a few times. But as as I know, people are going to scout report and force him to go use his other hand. They sat on their right shoulder. He made it maybe once or twice. So they took that away. Jarius was a little aggressive here and there. I think he could have been a little bit more aggressive. But overall, they just needed. Some, people to put the ball in the basket i mean that that's really what it boiled down to because they were still in the game they were getting stops he's got to be able to, to score and execute agreed and that, and that was a great point just in terms of the, the final five minutes houston really struggled to find their offense in the meantime alabama was able to make those late game plays that they were able to come out with the win and he, even then missed free throws going back to the little stuff that kelvin sampson had mentioned it, it i know that Probably the, the ones that will be magnified with Reggie Chaney at the end of the game where he missed, I want to say three or four. It might have been three or four. I can't remember exactly uh, the number. But you know, Marcus Sasser missed one on the split end when Houston was still leading at that point. Same goes for Reggie Chaney. So that's something. The little stuff like that that, again, at the end of the day, it's a good learning experience for the team going forward now. You mentioned it. That's something that Kelvin Sampson pointed out after the game is that they, they have to do a much better job at being able to, to build out their depth, which I found interesting. And, Chris, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts when Kelvin said that. He's, he's not at a point that he trusts the freshmen. And, you know, basically the freshmen have not proven themselves in practice yet to be worthy of minutes in games like this. J.B. Francis, J.B. Francis did not play a lot. In the, he played briefly in the first half. He was done. So – that was an issue. Terrence Arsenal looked lost on defense. Everybody knows follows the Cougars. If you don't get a job on defense, you're not going to play. And he played eight minutes and didn't provide much. So J.V. France played two minutes. I thought he should have played more. Coach Sanford said they, they will have to work on establishing their defense, their bench going forward the rest of the season. And I think they will. The bench has talent. It's just inexperience. And when you get that experience is you get Playing time. So I think they'll do that as the season progresses. And I'm just going to say this may sound petty, may sound haterish, whatever. But uh, if you hopped on the bandwagon this week, you can hop off. And we ain't going to miss you. You know, whatever. The season isn't over. Team nine and one. Team going to the tournament. Cougs win next Saturday. You'll hop on again. But we know who you are, too. So whatever. Fair with the fans. I'm going to step onto the side. Dire fans who watch this show, support us, and support the Cougs. Thank you very much. Real quickly, before we get into the first clip from head coach Kelvin Sampson, once again, we do like to remind you guys that you are watching and or listening to Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxinian family, Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston postgame show, streaming live on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel and audio-only platforms the next day on wherever you get Podslam Jamma in those 
audio only platforms. Now, of course, we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, starting with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials. Star Pizza, one another one of our sponsors here for Let's Rage Cougs. They are Houston's best pizza since 1976. And last but not least, a shout out to BB's the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. If you are in across the Houston area, you should stop by one of their various locations in the city and make sure you take home some Tex Orleans Cooking and also be sure to follow them on social media, all social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BB's Tex Orleans. Once again, that's at BB's Tex Orleans. And on that note, we'll send it over to head coach Kelvin Sampson. Here's what he had to say specifically about where he felt the game changed and it'll be a loot to one player we haven't talked about yet but come on mark i'm following out the what a game defense. changed you know we we did a uh, great job guarding their actions um then they took their uh four starters out and put their uh bench guys in and then they stopped running actions they just drove it at us and um you know they spread us out and, they found, they found a guy that couldn't keep the ball in front of us, and they kept uh, going at him. Then uh, we had some confusion there on a couple of ball screens on how we wanted to guard. Miller, when he went to the four, uh, of course, we go over all that stuff in the uh, scout report, but um, um, you know, Alabama, you know, when you're down 14, sometimes just, you know, just throw, throw stuff at the wall, see what see what will happen. And, uh, um, that's a talented team. I mean, they're good. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of veteran depth, you know. Um, but that that's, uh, that's a good basketball team. They're really talented. I thought our kids played well for for a long time, um, you know, uh, all of those stuff matter. You know, we fouled the three-point shooter twice, for instance. That, that matters. Um, missed ten free throws. That matters. Um, getting beat on a uh, um, ball screen. You know, we just gotta keep working at it. It's not our last game. You know, nobody right here won't quit or nothing. We just got to figure out uh, the mistakes we made in this game with these young kids and uh, uh, keep going. You know, it's, uh, it's the number eight team in the nation. Um, so no shame in losing to a really, really good Alabama team. But uh, disappointing, obviously. You know, we haven't lost a lot in this building. But, uh, give Alabama credit. They, uh, they did a great job in that second half. And, um, you know, we could have played better, but we, we've got to uh, just stay with it. Long season, played 10 games. That's kind of a check. We've got 22, 22 more, so we'll, we'll keep, keep working there. Once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach Kelvin Sampson. In particular, I want to focus on Ramon Mark. And really, he he went out of the game with 8.09 left in the second half. 
and Houston was still leading. They were leading 57 to 53, but at that point, Alabama had already gotten his run. But certainly, when when you think about Mark, he would have been a he could have very well been a, a huge difference maker. One, he was able to hit a lot of his shots today in this game, and even going back to the first half, he hit a couple of timely shots, and even to open the second half, they really gave Houston a boost and. That's one of the key players that the Cougars didn't have down the stretch to close out against Alabama. Yeah, and he's another one of those players who can be a closer for you because you can give the ball in him and he can get you a bucket. And so Houston missed him tremendously when he not when he went off the floor, not only with his activity and his length on the defensive end, but more importantly, I think on the offensive end because um, it was a couple of times that Coach Sampson threw, uh, drew up a couple of plays and got him a three look in the corner. And he knocked down another play where it was kind of out of nothing, and he just dribbled, got to his mid-range and made his shots. And so and, and games like this where you you don't always have to rely on a set, you need people who can make buckets against high-pressure defense. And when he went off the floor, he, that um, Houston didn't have as many of those on the court because he's one of those players who who's used to being in that position, used to executing in that position. And um, like I said, I mean – these type of games, um, big-time players step up. And you see in big games like this, Jamal's going to step up. Marcus, he going to step up. He just had a bad shoot tonight. But overall, it seems like his glasses are bother him probably. But, um, yeah, I think definitely Mr. Tremont, though. Definitely Mr. Tremont once he get once he um, fouled out. Two of uh, Tremont's five fouls are offensive fouls. The fifth one was offensive foul. So those hurt definitely. Down the stretch, like Dayon said, they needed another scoring option. And with him out of the game, they didn't have it. So the offense really slowed down a great deal because they didn't have a lot of other guys who can get their own bucket. So that was a concern. So Tremont is the key. You know, he can't get in foul trouble. And I said in, in the previous show that I hoped that the refs would not call a game tight. Well, they called it tight. And, and that was to – it kind of hurt both teams. Alabama went to the line a lot in the first half but they only made five free throws. They're five for 11 in the first half. They shot better in the second half. The Cougs missed free throws down the stretch when they couldn't score in the half court, you know, shooting the basketball. But it's just, it's a lot of those things. They got to figure out options for the bench, the depth. Ramon Walker is not a great three-point shooter. He's a hustle guy, energy guy, but he had problems. He and Jairus Walker, had some breakdowns on defense on the high screen and rolls with allowed open buckets. So that's one thing coach was, was referencing. And then, I've, I'm, well, you know, we're on the time limit, Andy, on, on the four-minute restriction, so we can't play more of Coach Sampson's postgame. But he mentioned one of the tenets of the Cougs' defense is, first, don't get beat off the dribble. But when you do, if you get pen defense, penetration comes in, to allow the open three-point shooter going cross court because you want you should have enough time to recover to that three-point shooter. Defense right this this game, Makuz didn't do that. And Bama capitalized and made some open threes. So more breakdowns on defense. So that's just things we have to say to the fans because we can't give you more content, <laughs> you know, video wise and post game. Another player I think, speaking of the bench, uh Francis, I think he he deserves more minutes. He, he has to play more minutes. From what I'm seeing now, a lot of the rebounding woes, it's just because the team is small. 
And I, I know he by height, he isn't he's what six nine, but his arms is what's so long. He looks bigger and plays bigger. I think and it plays going against a team who's such a good offensive rebounding team. You need people like that who can who don't who can some of those defensive possessions for which someone can be there after drive. You need people who can change some of those shots and erase some of those shots. He's one of the only shot blockers that um, Houston has on this team. And not only that, he's one of the, the biggest players on the team. He, he, he has to find a way to find minutes because Houston really, really needs his rebounding and Houston needs his shot blocking, whether he blocks a shot or changes a shot. I think that's one of the huge players I think they, they really, really need off the bench as well as, um, whether it's Ramon or Terrence, whomever. I, think, I love Ramon's energy, but he has to give something offensive. I remember last year we was like, if you could just give four points, what that would do. So whether it's just four to six points, whether it's offensive rebounds, put backs, whatever it is that you find ways to impact the game on the scoreboard, I mean, Houston needs that. I mean, you can talk culture, 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 but the name of the game is making shots. You got to be able to make shots. And so – um, that was one of my huge takeaways. But Francis, man, he he definitely needs more playing time. I don't know what it is and what Coach Sam got to do, but he he deserves to be on the floor somehow. I was down just for Monday. Yeah, two minutes a day against Alabama's athleticism up front. That surprised me because if nothing else, Javier, he can match the athleticism. If nothing else, mm-hmm. he can match the athleticism. You know, he can jump high, be a threat to protect the rim, all those things. So two minutes a day, that, that did surprise me. One minute and 51 seconds. It, it kind of reminds me of having to be clipped. It's like he couldn't go over two minutes, Chris. <laughs> it sounds familiar to, to another policy. But anyways, on that on that note, Dayan, I did want to touch on what you what you mentioned. And one of the things you said at the end of the day, you have to put you know, the ball through the hoop. And it reminds me of one of the things Kelvin hasn't said in a while. You know, maybe we'll, we'll hear it. Um, one of these days in the upcoming week, but his one of his favorite sayings is that you got to put the biscuit in the basket. Today, Houston struggled to do that. And to their credit, Alabama struggled to do that too, and that's something transition. Well, really, for Alabama, if your name was not Noah Clowney, you did not necessarily have that good of a shooting night. Oh, Mark Sears went three for six. He shot 50, and he he hit the big three late that put Alabama up by one in that in the latter portions of the second half. But going top to bottom, in particular Brandon Miller, that was kind of the the, the big headline uh, coming into this game. How would he look? How would Houston defend them? And for all intents and purposes, they did a pretty pretty good job defending him. He finished 0 for 8 from the field. He still got up his 8 points. He was able to get to the free throw line. But Kelvin Tampson said for, for much of the game, they, he, he was satisfied with how they were able to contain him. Chris, I'll go over to you first. Just your overall thoughts on top to bottom, how Houston's defense was now. We've kind of talked about it. They, they, there was portions there where they got exploited, in particularly when when Alabama stopped running sets and they were just attacking them off the dribble. But they, that was kind of the turnaround. Whenever they were able to build that 15 point cushion, they did a good job of being able to turn them, uh, force them into turnovers, and in particular keeping Miller from hurting them. Now another player stepped up, more players stepped up for Alabama. But just your overall thoughts on that aspect. Well, one thing, neither team hit double figures in assists. So that, that typically is an indication of, of one-on-one basketball. You're beating your man off the dribble, and you're either trying to finish at the hoop. But Bama was 11 for 21 on layups, and the Cougs were 8 for 16 on layups. So they got to the rim. Both teams got to the rim, missed shots. Bama rebounded theirs more. Alabama, this might be a theme all season. You know, guys and, and viewers, the Cougs are all rebounded today. 
34-39, on defensive rebounds, on defensive boards. That's that's a problem, which I think I think Dan is saying it as well, that Javier Francis can help mitigate if he gets more minutes consistently. Now, clearly, he has to deserve the minutes, but two minutes in a game like this against Alabama's trees, that's not enough. I mean, that's just my opinion. Two minutes, that's not enough. You know, Jared struggled with the fouls and three-point shooters. Reggie Cheney gave effort, kept some possessions alive. Jawan Roberts missed layup or hook shots in the paint. Francis could have got some of those rebounds, could have got some, some slam dunks on some high screen and rolls, you know, something to help the team and strengthen that bench going forward. But I think that goes back to Samson's point about wanting to really build depth for the team. It just might be a, a point where right now, early on in the season, he doesn't have that confidence in Francis to be able to go against, you know, uh, like you mentioned, the trees against the Alabama, but just overall this type of game where, like you said, he's trying to rely more on Reggie Chaney. And it might just be one of those things where it's about having confidence in your players. But before we transition, once again, reminder you are watching and are listening to Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxonian family all season long throughout the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Let's Rage Coops will be presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Coops basketball will be presented by the Saxonian family. Once again, Let's Rage Coops, the unofficial Houston postgame show of football and men's basketball. And before we toss it over to, once again, head coach Calvin Sampson and also Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd, I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, starting with Tex Orleans Cooking. Not Tex Orleans Cooking. BB is the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. BB is located with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to follow them on social media at BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. The entity behind the Star Pizza, Sack Ave commercials with the football team with the Anthony Jones. And if you watched us during Let's Rage Coups during the football season, you know how great those commercials are promoting Star Pizza, which Star Pizza, another sponsor for Let's Rage Coups, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Check out what Kelvin Sampson had to say. Also, Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd. We had we a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, we, you know, uh, Winning on the road is special. That's a great win for Alabama. It really is a great win for them. And good for them. Um, losing, losing at home, though, is, uh, is tough, especially when you've had the level of success we've had over a long period of uh, time. And then, then we put ourselves in a position they could, that we could win. But, um, you know, it was just... Uh, Got to finish shots. Got to make shots. You know, they go down the score. You got to get answer. You know, um, with good looks. You know, made some, made some good looks. But, um, they were, they attacked our defense and spread us out and drove us. And then when we would get there in a position to help, they were kicking it out. And, uh, that's a hard way to make a living, you know. We've won 80-some percent of our games because that usually doesn't happen to us. We usually guard the balance. We force you to kick it out, and then we're there on the catch to take the three away. Um, so 
um, them, their ability to get in the paint. That was, we gotta, we gotta clean that up. Now, not everybody has the personnel out of us that can do that to you. Like, we haven't seen anybody, we haven't played anybody that can get by us yet. You know, they, they, their strength was in other areas. But um, we played really good for a long time. You know, once we got down early, we made a couple adjustments ourselves and got back in it. And finished the half pretty good. Started the second half great. And then, um, uh, you know, I just, our, 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 our bench is, uh, we got to develop, we got to do a better job developing our bench uh, going forward. Um, I think it's just learning experience, you know. This is our first real test. We have a top 10 matchup this year. So we can only get better. And um, those young guys, this was a real good game for them to really see the atmosphere that we're going to be playing in a lot this year. So we just, we just got to move forward and get better. Um, like you said, just a learning, learning experience. You know, when we're going to some or another close game, um, when they get the momentum, just learning how to take control and execute on offense and be able to keep the lead. There you heard from Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd, or you heard from Kelvin Sampson first, then Jamal Shedd, and lastly, uh, Marcus Sasser. So an opportunity for them to grow. And once again, focusing on what Kelvin Sampson said, going back that they have to go about developing the bench. Uh, as we start to wind things down, Chris, I think this is a great point made, made by Fred White. And it kind of reminds me of one of the earlier games in the season. Fred on YouTube and the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel says the Houston Cougars need more ball movement, too much isolation in the second half of that game. I think a big credit to that has to be with Alabama because at the end of the day, there were the other team out there on the floor and they, they were a really good job defensively in particular at the end, even though Houston was able to, to get shots. At the end of the day, it was much more the Cougars missing than anything else, like you heard Kelvin in that clip. A combination of, of Fred's comedy and your comment, I thought the Cougs played too slow down the stretch. They, they, they waited too late, deep in the shot clock. You know, under five to take a shot or pass to a front court player. And those closing seconds, you wait to pass the ball that late. The new terminology, it's a grenade. Three, two, one guys have to do something so quickly and if it's Reggie Cheney or Juwan, whoever like that, that's not their game unless it's a dunk. So I think they slowed down too much. They didn't, they stopped pushing tempo. Alabama had something to do with the sum, but the Cougs high screens worked a lot early in the second half at the top of the key. They didn't run that a, a lot. The Cougs finished the game one for eight from the floor. Some of those shots were missed by Juwan Roberts and Reggie Cheney. So it's, it's just different guys taking shots. But it's also an example of Tremont Mark being out of the game, falling out. They did not have another guy who could knock down a three-point shot, who could break down a defense, get a layup, draw fouls. Tremont's a better free-throw shooter than Reggie Cheney. No shade on Reggie, but he's not a great free-throw shooter. But he took seven free-throws a day, made two. So Coach Sampson has said many times, depending on a great free-throw shooting team, sometimes comes down to who's shooting the free-throws. If it's, if it's Reggie yeah. Cheney, Houston's not going to be a great free-throw shooting team. If it's Jamal Shedd, then that's different. So a lot of different factors into this, but Jamal and Mark, falling out of the game with eight minutes ago, was a key down the stretch, offensively and defensively. 
Yeah, I do agree at times. Um, they didn't play in a fast enough pace, but I think Bama had a lot to do with it because in the first half they had 12 turnovers in Houston. I believe had maybe 15 points off of those turnovers. And so in that second half when Bama cleaned it up and stopped running more sets like Coach Simpson said and just kind of play, move the basketball to a drive and kick game, they stopped turning the ball over, which and, and um, limit Houston from getting out in transition and playing faster. So I still think in some in some instances, I agree that they could get it out quickly and push the pace more instead of relying on that late pick and roll action. In which it seemed like shit. I don't want to say he ran out of gas, but he he almost ran out of gas. I mean, because he was having to execute at an elite rate on every single possession, whether it's picking and choosing his floater, whether it's picking with the pass or create for others, and then. When Tremont went um, fouled out and Marcus is, is, isn't shot isn't falling, so it just puts more pressure on him. And it looks like Alabama down the stretch wanted to force Jamal to make that decision and for, force him to score. And so um, that was that, that was a huge thing. So I think just it really just got to come down to shot making. When you when you can't when your defense isn't turning into offense, sometimes you got to just be able to execute and. Terrence, I mean, he got to step up. He got to step up. He got to play better off the bench. We need some type of production from him. Ramon got to step up. Jerry, I mean, it's a lot of different players who I think just has to play better. But I, I think the um, pressure from this game, not only from the outside, just the pressure on the court from from the teams, the, the, the athleticism, the, to what you see, I, I think that was a huge awakening, probably mainly from Terrence. He, I could tell from him. From from my opinion, watching that game, he 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 looked like he was planning to get some grown men. Although some of the freshmen were like his age, but it was just like a different speed, different physicality that um he's still getting accustomed to. And this Alabama team, they have that experience. You know, they've gone in there, they were part of that tournament, playing against tough teams, like against some of the other best teams in the country. And maybe that was something that could have factored in as well. I want to bring up one of the points that King Jaja has mentioned once again on the Houston Rombo Review live chat. Uh, for those of you watching the live stream, he said, I would put Sharp, Emmanuel Sharp, out there, but he can't play defense either than Apollo Loxias. I believe that's how you say that. <laughs> said, this team needs a consistent outside sniper like Armani Brooks. King Jaja followed up by saying they have a sniper in Emmanuel Sharp. He's just not good at defense. And again, I think the reason I bring that up is because I think it just goes back to that point where Kelvin Sampson said they have to continue to, to build that depth. And again, it's only going to get better as the season goes on. And I think overall, in the long term, this might very well be better for Houston going forward than you know, had they been able to consistently cruise. I think it might be a little bit of a wake-up call. Emmanuel Sharp is, is is a streak shooter. He's not a sniper. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Armani Brooks was a sniper, but also, yeah, folks, go back to Armani Brooks' freshman year. Mm-hmm. Armani Brooks' defense was awful. Yeah. Awful. He had to become a better defensive player to get more minutes. So just remember that. It's all part of the process. Yeah, Emmanuel Sharp is a streak shooter, not yet a sniper. Core Davis was a sniper. Emmanuel Sharp is not a sniper yet. I say he yeah. won't be, but he's not yeah. right now. Well said, Chris. That's exactly what I was thinking. Corinne Grimes grew into being a sniper. Yes. Like they all develop into being mm-hmm. a sniper. I'm not, I don't think like Corey uh Tyson, Tam Cam Tyson is a sniper. 
And so that, that's exactly you said it. I, I don't nothing. I don't need to add to that. You said it perfectly, Chris. I think he can develop into that. Right now, he's more of a, a streaky score and hits a couple threes. I know it looks good now, but it's it's different when the pressure is on in the game. But nah, you said it right, Chris. You said it. You said it right. And King Jaja, you're good, by the way. You're part of the conversation, too. So it's good. It's good to have that open engagement with those that are watching live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to the audio only version the day after, be sure to hit us up on social media. You can follow Chris on Twitter at DHRR. Is it three R's or is it two R's? DHR Review. Review. Yep. The R's always trip me up, Chris. And then, obviously, of course, you can follow us on uh, our official Podslam at JAMA Twitter account at P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A or our personal Twitters, as you see, or as you will see on the screen later. You can find me on Twitter at Ayanis underscore five. As we wind things down, I'll go around once again at the panel. Just overall, any anything that you'd like to see, and it'll be interesting to see how the Houston Cougars respond on Tuesday against North Carolina A&T, but something that a couple of players, or a couple of players, a couple of viewers have mentioned in the live chat, they feel like this Houston team is just simply not a good shooting team, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. That's not what, <laughs> that's not the issue of this program. I mean, I've heard Marcus yeah. say it, Armani say it, uh, Corey Davis, we've seen, you follow the enough, you know they will go through scoring droughts. Mm-hmm. The last five, six, seven years, but their philosophy was shoot it. It's better than a turnover because we'll go get it. And then we'll score a second chance, third chance opportunities. That's part of the calling card of Houston Cougars basketball under Kelvin Sampson. That's the mm-hmm. thing. But the issue is right now, the rebounding is a concern. They're not dominating the boards like they have in previous seasons. But the personnel right now doesn't seem like it's capable of doing that. We're going to see if J.B. Francis gets more minutes, if he's worth those minutes, if he deserves them. And I think he is proving it in practice. You got to see what he does in game time. Two minutes is not enough for him to show what he has or not. I mean, two minutes, we can't do much in two minutes. But we'll see what he can do. Terrence Arsenal, today's game seemed too big for the moment. He was too big for him today. He just didn't – he looked out of it. Defensively as well, he looked lost. Too many – breakdowns from the younger players on pick and rolls, on screens, on rotations. So they won't make those mistakes in February. They're going to learn from the experience. So I'm not surprised that they lost. I was surprised they went about 15 and lost. That surprised me. But Alabama's a good basketball team. Both these teams will be in the NCAA tournament. This is a learning moment for the Cougs. I don't believe anybody here, none of us, Anybody watching the show believe the Cougs are going to go undefeated? No one thought that. And if you did, well, that's you. You you do you. But this was a, a learning moment. We don't expect much of a learning moment from Tuesday's game against NCANT. But we'll see how the Cougs look on the road next Saturday against a very good Virginia team. Yeah, um, I don't. Oh, I was just going to answer the question. I don't think. I don't think this is a a good shooting team, but I don't think it's a bad shooting team either. Like nights like this is almost, yeah, I don't think it's a bad shooting team, but I also don't think it's a good. So I think they're like right in the middle, but like Chris said, he did perfectly. This team isn't known for having being one of the best offensive teams. 
But to counter that, you do need shot makers who people can get a bucket when, when you need it. And we got players who – multiple mm-hmm. players who can do that. Um, so just another learning experience overall. I think um, Tremont is more putting up on him, so he's relying on people more. So he knows how one foul is a lot of fouls when you mean as important as he is. So um, another learning curve for him because he, I'm sure, is kicking himself like, dang, I, I could have could have been able to be on the floor. I could have helped. And so, um, yeah, that's all, that's all I wanted to add. Andy, go ahead. No, uh, you, you took um, whatever, where I was going to kind of – diverge the conversation but I think as we start to wrap things up once again the final score Alabama defeats Houston 71 to 65 and the one thing I was going to add Chris in terms of, of your comment about we probably won't learn much on Tuesday with their next game inside the Fertitta Center 7 p.m. on Tuesday against North Carolina A&T I think it'll be interesting to see how they come out the gates um, and see what their response is we kind of saw it the two weeks ago now when they played Kent State it was, an, it was a very close nail-biter game much closer than anyone expected going into the game. But then you saw that next game after that Kent State outing, they looked like a completely different team. They completely dominated. So I think it would be curious to see from from that perspective how they respond. But you're absolutely right. The, the next biggest challenge, at least on paper, because, you know, you always, you always got to put that caveat on there in regards to paper, will be just a week from today playing in hostile territory up in Virginia. But that's going to pretty much do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxinian family. Once again, the Saxinian family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston postgame show for men's basketball and football. The Saxonian family will sponsor the Let's Rage Cougs men's basketball postgame shows all the way through the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference tournament. Chris, I'll toss it over to you first. First of all, like always, thank you for allowing us to use your channel and your platform to be able to stream live. And, uh, I mean, the floor is yours. Where can people find you on social media and anything else you'd like to add? As always, it's my pleasure to have you guys do this and help promote the Cougs and, and give the fans and I'll let to discuss games to give the comments to discuss the games. Um, real quick. I see Mr. Will's comment. Malik Wilson is redshirting this year. Malik is not going to play this year. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the HR review, Houston, Houston round bar review on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So as always, thank you very much fans for commenting, taking time out to comment about your Cougs. We'll be back on Tuesday to discuss the Cougs as well. But uh, that's it. Takeaways. Got to get better defensively on the perimeter. Got to learn how to defend without fouling. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to do that based on, based on how the refs call games. But players have to adjust to the officiating. And it's on you to, if the ref's calling it the third way, stop doing that. And one more thing, stop fouling three-point shooters. That's all I got. Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. Where can people find you? And, and for yourself, any other final takeaways? You can follow me on all social media platforms, like it's listed right there at Dayon Dunlap. Um, I mean, no panic for me. For all Cougs watching, my takeaways was we've seen Houston play this style pretty much all year. I don't think this is a great defense, great rebounding team like we've had in the years past. But to counter that, I think it is a great defensive team. He's got to consistently have Marcus be a star and make shots because he's just in a he's in a, a rut. He's in the drought right now. He's not shooting the ball well to start these games. He had maybe one or two games. So the good sprite about that, it only can only get better. But Tremont, 
going to need him going forward. And the front court um, seems to have a lot of bodies, but who is going to produce in the front court against optimal talent, athleticism, and strength? Who is going to be that front court player that we can rely on a game-to-game basis? I think that's a huge question mark. Will it just be um, get it done by committee? Or should we keep him in, in and out? Reggie does a good job of – Doing his part, Jay one as it in. Jerry's needs to do more, in my opinion. I think um, JVA can do more, and so a lot of a lot of questions. But one thing we know, I think this this team is good, will be good. So no panic. Can't wait to see um, get the bounce back in the next game, and then go on the road. And I think they will have a better showing on the road because it'll be like all world against them. Absolutely. I think that's that's the big key. That's going to be the, the next game that everyone has circled because questions will be answered for this Houston, Houston Cougars men's basketball team and really just to see how they respond. Uh, for those of you guys that would be interested, you can follow me on social media at Ayana's underscore five. Big thank you to all the viewers and our listeners that are watching to the audio only or listening to the audio only versions of Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family. Thank you guys for continuing to support the show because without you guys, I mean, there would be no Let's Rage Coog. So big shout out to all of you guys. And Chris, big shout out to all of you that come to us during the game at the Fertitta Center and say, give a shout out. It, that really helps us out. That really uh gives a boost to me personally chris i'm sure it's the same for you whenever you have people show up because it shows that you guys care so that's awesome that always continue to be awesome and continue to do it because it means so much for us it's, it's great to have folks come up to say keep up the good work we, we see what you're doing we appreciate it so yeah it is really a, a nice appreciated gesture from fans to, to uh, acknowledge us once again, the final score from inside the Fertitta Center, number eight, Alabama, defeats Houston, handing the Cougars their first loss of the season. The final score, the Crimson Tide walk away with the victory, 71-65. to 65. The Houston Cougars were led by Jamal Shedd, who had 19 points in the outing for the Crimson Tide. It was Noah Clowney that led with 16 points overall for the Crimson Tide on 7 of 12 shooting. The Cougars return to the floor this upcoming Tuesday, 7 p.m., tip-off inside the Fertitta Center against North Carolina A&T before traveling to the road for a big test at Virginia and what arguably could be the number one team in the country at that point next Saturday on hostile territory at Virginia. That'll be a 1 p.m. Central Time tip-off, so that's the week ahead for the Houston Cougars. Again, the final score 71-65 in favor of Alabama, and we will see you guys on Tuesday night following Houston's game against North Carolina A&T. Go Cougs.